Big Decision 2022 live on Raw 51am. Hello and welcome to the last of Raw's interview series with the SU election candidates in 2022 in collaboration with the board. My name is Cam Hall, the head of news here at Raw 1251am. And so far we have spoken to the candidates for education, democracy and development, postgraduate, welfare and president presidential candidates yesterday today we are down to the last two full-time officer candidates as we speak to the sport and the society's officer candidates in today's interviews bringing you all of your full-time officer candidates and of course getting you through to the end of the week as the polls close in just a little over 24 hours time of course raw has been at the forefront of all of usu election coverage this week and we still have the live results show to come on Friday night, coming to you live from the SU building, streaming across all of Raw's social media, all of our online platforms and on the big screen as well. So make sure you're tuning into all of that tomorrow evening at 8pm. It's going to be a fantastic night and it's going to be a very tense one as well. As we find out who your new sabbatical officer team is going to be next year and who the students are that we representing you next year. Well, as ever, Ellie MacArthur and Eden Full-Bailey are joining me once again. Well, it's fantastic to have you both on the stream today. Um, we're into the final set of interviews now. We've come a long way through each candidate, but we're coming to the end now. But it's fair to say we're not quite at the end of the board's coverage yet. Ellie, what more can we expect from the board this week? Um, so already this week we had our spring election paper out on Monday. So if you haven't seen that already, you can find it in the distribution bins around campus. Uh, we've also had some articles out on um, the interviews, um, factors which are at stake during the election, uh, recovering results, student opinion and the campaigns of the candidate. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Indeed, plenty more still to come from the board. Of course, not just in, of course, in all the covering all the campaigns, but of course, results night as well tomorrow. Um, Eden, we are, of course, now very much in. I've, I've called this in my notes the last minute madness yeah. of the campaign. We're down to the 24, last 24 hours. We're going to have a frenzy of hall touring, a frenzy, frenzy of campaigning messages tomorrow. If yesterday we said we were in crunch time, this really is crunch time now for each campaign. I completely agree. It is now really crunch time. And with 24 hours ago, I saw someone running to the polls earlier today because democracy doesn't wait, Cam. <laughs> <laughs> um, do, you know, do you know what? I, I I love the idea of just, I mean, I've run across the piazza for many things in the past, but yeah. to vote, I, I love that. Yeah, I you know, the enthusiasm on a couple of freshers' faces when they sort of put their vote into the uh, little box in the poll booths i'm it's it's exhilarating the feeling on campus 24 hours to go candidates are manic they're they're absolutely ready to find out who has won the election and i am as well indeed and of course when we of course by putting the things into the the ballot booths the ballot booths in, by putting the votes into the ballot boxes of course um putting it just writing it down on their phones because of course all of your voting in this year's SU election is taking place online. It really is as simple as that. And actually, if you haven't voted yet, I mean, firstly, what have you been doing? It's been, we've been going at you now for three whole days on this. Just what have you been doing? But I can understand. I can understand if you 
you're still unsure. How do I cast my vote? How do I cast my vote and choose between all of these wonderful candidates? Well, don't worry. X1 has got you covered. Here is how you vote in this year's elections. Polls are opening soon. This video covers how voting works in SU elections and making your vote count. First, go to the Warwick SU website and log in using your student ID. Hover over the student voice tab and select the elections option. Scroll down to the spring election section and when polls open, click vote now. Voting uses the single transferable vote system or STV. When voting, you rank your favorite candidate as one, but also rank the other candidates so that if your first choice candidate isn't selected, your vote can be transferred to your second, third and so on. And that's how to vote. Voting booths will also be available at the Social Sciences Quad, the Chemistry Department, WMG, WBS, the Piazza, the Oculus, the Sports Hub and Medical School as an additional place to cast your vote. And that was X1 taking you through how you can vote in this year's election. As ever, the link below, warwicksu.com slash student dash voice slash elections where you can read all the candidates manifestos and cast your votes and remember it's not just full-time officers it's part-time officers as well and really a lot of change that can be made from this well let's move on now to our candidates today specifically onto our sports officers next now as ever we offered an interview to all candidates standing in this year's spring elections of course all full-time officer candidates, the seven sabbatical officer roles that we've interviewed this week. Um, only Emma got back to us, so we'll be talking to Emma Birch this week. But as ever, the four candidates standing in this election, Emma Birch, Finley Nolan, Tanya Joyji and Tusha Baba, they are the four candidates standing in the election this week. But Emma was the only candidate to get back to us to accept our offer for an interview. Now, speaking of the sports officer, um, as I said yesterday, um, Ollie Barron and Charlotte Lloyd last year referred to themselves as Team Fun. So, Ellie, what is one half of Team Fun's job? Um, so the sports officer is the public face of sport on our campus. So they work with sports clubs and their members to encourage students to take up sport and help them during professional competitions. They also promote physical and mental well-being and lobby the university to make sport more inclusive and accessible to all. So I know a part of that this year um, has been to do with fees for the campus gym and sports uh, federation fee as well. Indeed. Now, of course, all three of our sport, well, I say all three, actually, only I forget that Shah was sports officer for my first two years here. Oh, but so far, um, Shah and Will have been unconvincing in convincing me to go to the gym so far. So perhaps your next sports officer will be more convincing if you're in my position and getting you to go to the gym. Well, as we said, only Emma accepted our offer of an interview request now. So here is Emma Birch talking about her policies as sports officer. Hello and welcome to another raw SU candidate interview for the 2022 Student Union Spring Elections. 
Today, I'm joined by a candidate for the sports officer position, Emma Birch, and we'll just be going through a few questions ahead of the elections in the upcoming months. So, Emma, first of all, how are you? Are you having a decent day so far? Yeah, hi. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking forward, looking forward to this interview. So, getting stuck into it, what are your more uh, your kind of main manifesto pledges um, ahead of this election? Um, so a lot of my manifesto actually revolves around sort of tackling social issues. So um, within my time, um, I've been president for two years of, of a sports club and I've witnessed a lot of social issues that really need tackling. I've witnessed um, a lot of uh, discrimination and um, sexism and other sorts of discrimination. So one of my main pledges is to really tighten up on this and to uh, put in putting things and put policies into place to solve this and to reduce this. I also think that sport remains so inaccessible to so many people at work. Like sport is so expensive. We pay so much money um, and it's just not accessible to everyone. And I think money should not be a barrier to sport at all. Um, I think my, yeah, I think my main sort of um, manifesto will just, it just is surrounded by providing a voice for everyone from people from all backgrounds and providing a voice for everyone. I want to provide like a feedback portal where people, members and execs, they can sort of feedback on the issues they're having, feedback them to me and which I can address with Warwick Sport or the SU. Um, I want to create more books teams, I think for a lot of Lot of clubs, uh, there's not enough books teams, and also I want like greater protection for non-books clubs because they have to pay a lot of costs, which books clubs don't have don't have to do. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and you were kind of mentioning the sexism at Forex yeah. sports clubs. So the board did an investigation earlier yeah. this year yeah. where we revealed that sexism is pretty rife mm -hmm. for sport. So. Could you kind of expand on the measures that you take to counteract that sexism and move to a kind of more accepting society at work? Yeah, I think the key to tackling sort of these sort of issues is changing attitudes. So at first, attitudes need to be changed. Um, you can do this through talks, you can do this through workshops. Um, and also, I feel like in a lot of cases I've witnessed, um, there, there just aren't consequences. Um, they're not they're not valid consequences for the actions and i think there need to be stronger sanctions um for any any sort of issues of discrimination there need to be like a no tolerance policy um towards it and it needs to be talked about a lot more obviously i know this year there's been a lot more effort to address um sexism in sport but as the board found i think it, like there were like 56 percent of women had experienced um some sort of sexism and like 27 percent of men and that is still not acceptable um so, and I think also I'd want to, I'd want to create a really inclusive environment um, where people are able to come forward, people can approach myself, um, and then I can sort of lobby with the SU um, and figure out, like collaborate and figure out what best the policy, what, what policies would be best to implement. Mm -hmm. And kind of linked to that point, um, the last year has seen some complaints about the way that some sports clubs run their socials, such as circling. So 
how would you ensure that execs create a safe environment for other students and do not abuse their power during socials? Um, okay, are we talking more in terms of circling or general socials? General socials, including circling, basically. Okay, okay. Um, so I think I think you could use the feedback portal to because you can be anonymous and you could then express the issues with your exec. Or I think um, I think any I haven't actually had many issues of execs abusing their power, but um, that definitely needs to be something that is spoken to sports officer about. Um, and then that is something that, that I could deal with and because that is just is not acceptable at all. Um, and yeah, I think just having like some sort of portal where people can come forward and feel able to come forward and express issues that they're having. Yeah, um, obviously there is that. So recycling, obviously it's mandatory for social sex to go to a talk. Um, and I think that really needs to be enforced and potentially if these issues are coming about and these issues need to be expressed in that meeting. Um, so on kind of on top of that, many sports societies have struggled with membership after the pandemic and some haven't been able to effectively fulfill mm -hmm. fixtures and stuff like that as a result. So how would you seek to increase participation in the year ahead? Okay. So obviously myself, I had this issue this year, like last year we had a huge hit on membership numbers. Um, this year we've actually managed to double our membership, which I'm really proud of. Um, I think you've got to, in terms of increasing participation, you've just got to use all avenues possible. You've got to interact with people. You've got to have an exec that's really friendly and really open to talking to new people. Um, obviously you can utilize social media presence. You can utilize that and you can approach um, new people through that. And you can approach a wide range of people through social media. Also, as sports officer, I think I would definitely want to, I want to, I want to put on like a huge 24 hour event, um, which would be, uh, which would be hopefully really good and getting, um, getting people to participate. And I also think that sports day is too rushed. I think sports day is one day and there's so many different sports there's, there's no chance that you're going to have time to try out all the sports i think sports day should be over two two days which i think would help to bring in numbers to clubs um and obviously i think i, I also want to kind of publish publish um a calendar which will have all of the sports main uh, main sort of events main sessions on and it would make it a lot more accessible for people to know where they go to know when sport is on um, and I think it would attract a lot of numbers. Um, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. And obviously one of the primary kind of gripes of Warwick students over the years has been the pricing of joining clubs. Mm -hmm. So how do you plan to make sport at Warwick more accessible to students in that sense? Okay. Yeah, so obviously there is a current, in, there, there is a current hardship fund in place for individuals. Um, he was struggling, but it only reaches 20 people per year. So it's just not really doing a massive, it's not really doing that well. I want to lobby for funding for this hardship fund. And I think that it should definitely be open to widening participation students. Because um, as you said, like, so many, money should not be a barrier to sport at all. And so there needs to be, um, there needs to be financial help for those who really need it to get into sport. Um, and through that, I would want to sort of offer, offer individual an individual hardship fund with much more funding. Um, also offer like termly passes, which I think have been a thing in the past. 
but especially for students who are like on a year abroad because it's, it's it's not fair to pay a whole yearly pass so potentially often termly passes um yeah mm -hmm. and also you mentioned sports days um earlier on in the interview and would you see that as a kind of way to um, make sport a work more inclusive and accessible to people who haven't necessarily played as much sport before university? Or are there any <clears throat> um, other schemes that you'd look to enact in your in your role as sports officer? In order to kind of increase increase the number of people who haven't played sport before Warwick coming and playing sport at Warwick? Yeah, no, I think um, having the two-day sports day will make will mean that people will have a chance to try out more sports and then sports clubs will receive, will receive more interest. Um, I think obviously having the two weeks tater sessions does help with that um, for each term. Also, I was, as I said before, I want to put on more sort of 24 hour like big events, uh, like work with execs to put on these events, get loads of sports involved, which will just give it will just be another opportunity to get more people into sport. Um, also, I do this year has been more of an effort to use, obviously, the, the big screen on the piazza. Um, so it would be, it may be, it may be difficult to do, but it might be a good idea to get more sports shown on that. Also, um, I think having a really accessible website, which has live streams uh, for different sports, would um, get people more interested in the sport. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think because at the moment I do really feel like sport is that it's not really well shown on campus i mean even potentially working with sort of the su outlets um to show sport um and just to have this website that would be like you could like, you could track books you could track your butt scores you could track non-butts club scores um just having like more of a more of a sporting presence on campus i think and mm -hmm. um, finally what makes you stand out from the other sports officer candidates especially Okay, um, yes, yeah, so obviously when, it, when I was elected, I was elected as the first female president of table tennis. And I felt like we, for a bit, I feel like before I was elected, we had a very male dominated club. Um, and my, one of my main aims was to really increase more female participation, which I have managed to do. And we have a really su a successful female team. Um, I think that, I think that over my two years as president, I've really, I've really worked. I've worked really close with Warwick Sport and SU, and I've seen like firsthand the issues we need addressing. Um, I've seen how sport can it be inaccessible. I've obviously, when I've seen things I think need to change, I've approached sports officer or I've approached Warwick Sport on the SU, and I've tried to work um, with them to kind of make change. Um, essentially, I really, I just really care about making change to Warwick and making sure that everyone has a voice. I, I want to protect minorities on campus and in sport. I think it's really important um, to, to kind of give students a voice because they are people, they are the ones that are paying for the sport. Like sport is very expensive. Like we deserve to get like good facilities and we deserve to get suitable session times. So I think um, I just, yeah, I mean, my main manifestation plan is just to just give everyone a voice on campus um, through myself, like be a voice. Oh, like, I want to represent you. I want to represent the, the things that you care about and get your issues heard. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Emma, and good luck for the election. Thank you.
The Big Decision, the big decision 2022. 2022 live on Raw, Raw. Top 51am. And that was Emma Birch there talking about her policies, of course, if you elect her as sports officer. Of course, the link, as ever, warwicksu.com slash student-voice slash elections, where you can read her manifesto and, of course, the manifestos of all of our other sports officer candidates in this year's race. Well, Ellie Needham have rejoined me on the stream now. Let's move on to the other half of Team Fun society's officer this year now um eden what does the society's officer do on campus well the other half of team fun the, the role that i can sort of relate more to is uh responsible for supporting and guiding the societies at warwick you know one of the most what, what warwick is one of the most uh known for its societies so i feel this role is especially important perhaps um, they are responsible for running the Societies Fair at the beginning of the year, which is incredibly important for freshers coming onto campus for the first time, sort of wanting to sort of dive into Warwick culture, mostly pop, I assume. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, it's a role that sort of works in collaboratively with loads of other society execs um, on campus. And it's a role that is probably uh, very fun, I must say. Indeed, there there is nothing more fun I reckon, than being the society's officer that overlooks all of Warwick's 250 societies with a, a weird and wonderful array from, you know, cheese and chocolate. Um, I mean, just the fact you have a cheese and chocolate society, I I love it. Personally, it's very bougie. You can have bougie societies, adventurous societies, and even the SU's favourite media societies as well, you know. I, I, I'm, I'm guessing you get a pretty raw deal out of it, for sure. Um, anyway, Society's Officer candidates standing in this year's race. Anna Taylor, Kenny James, Olivia Zhang, Oscar Renton and Sebastian Butterfield-West. Um, of those five candidates, three accepted our offer for an interview. Anna Taylor, Oscar Renton and Sebastian Butterfield-West. We will again be going through each interview in alphabetical order. And of course, we have, again, a team of interviewers sitting down with them now so let's get going with these interviews firstly Raw's program controller Dylan McKee sitting down with Anna Taylor okay so I'm Dylan and then today I'm joined by a candidate for the SU Societies Officer hi I'm uh, Anna I'm running for Societies Officer so Anna I've got seven questions for you today and you have 10 minutes to answer them but the first thing we want to find out is what are your key manifesto pledges um so i have a few different ones um one of the main things that i want to focus on um in this role would be outreach um a lot of societies have been struggling to kind of get first years specifically involved in society activities um and i think that kind of has rolled on effects of um kind of graduating execs are leaving and um execs for next year might not be as prepared they would look um because people don't often come straight to society like the SU website and sit and troll through and um, kind of look on the individual pages. So I think putting them in accessible places would be great. Um, and then rolling on from that, supporting newer execs that maybe don't have um, as experienced members um, or are working with smaller kind of groups of people in the society at the minute and need a little bit more support, um, as well as keeping momentum for uh, recruitment throughout the year and making sure that society events are um, regularly advertised and regularly accessible um, to people throughout the year. Okay, that sounds good. The next question is, what would you do to increase accessibility to societies for students from marginalised groups? 
Um, so one of the main things that I would focus on, um, as I mentioned, is social media. Um, lots of people don't quite know where to look for society-based events. Um, and so kind of finding a range of societies that you might be able to pick things that suit you um, isn't always easy when there's only, um, you might go to a society's fair, but not not see a group there that kind of fits you. Um, so having centralized places um, to go and look for those events and for those societies um, so that you can find um, groups that fit you more, them more you, um, but also in having um, options to engage throughout the year um, rather than just having one go at the beginning of the year um, and then maybe not finding people that fit you. Um, if there's more kind of engagement throughout the year, um, kind of dispelling that idea that you have to get involved with the society at the beginning of first year or never at all. Um, so yeah. The next question is, what would you do to improve the way that SU handles welfare issues between society exec members? Um, so this is uh, another thing I wanted to focus on quite heavily, um, providing tailored support for societies, um, but also focusing on welfare within them. Um, currently, um, it's a little bit difficult to try and figure out um, the different ways to manage your mental health when you're in a society role, especially with, um, as I said before, quite reduced numbers. Um, so having um, welfare support kind of resources, um, drop-in sessions, things like that, for members of execs to come and talk to either myself or perhaps put onto um, the welfare um, uh, officer um, within the SU. Um, to kind of learn how to manage a workload um, on top of your own degree if you're kind of in a, an important position in a society exec um, or to, to manage relationships with people that you may have only met a couple of weeks ago and then have to work with in what is sometimes a professional capacity within a society um, to kind of get events organized and things like that. Um, so putting on kind of tailored support um, for people to come and access as and when they need it um, in society roles to kind of support mental health in that way. Okay, the next question is, following an increase in spiking and reported incidents of sexual assault, how would you ensure that members are kept safe during society events? So I think communication is a really important um, kind of uh, part of this uh, issue. Um, making sure that um, exec members and anybody going to society events feel like they, A, know where they can go for support and B, feel comfortable going to, to take that support. Um, so having uh, open lines of communication um, for people to come and, and talk, um, knowing where they can go. So um, being active on social media, people knowing that they can come to a certain um, office hour each week where they can just come and talk one on one, um, but also um, making sure that in the organization of these events um, that all of the resources that people would need to make sure they book a room properly and that they have um, the right kind of people present for organizing event um, and for kind of monitoring that event um, that everybody knows how to access the resources so that they do that properly um, so signposting um, kind of how-to guides on, on on things like setting up an event and running it safely um, would be a, a big part of uh, solving that issue. Okay, and how would you ensure more space on campus to run society events, especially social events? Um, so I think one of um, one part of the issue here is uh, kind of prioritizing student events um, on campus. Um, I know that recently there's been um, kind of some situations where society events or society shows and things like that had to be cancelled because of um, short notice issues with um, university spaces. Um, I think one big part of that um, that I would 
try and address would be lobbying the university to commit in writing to um, giving spaces to um, to society events as and when they're organized. Um, and if things go awry, to offer alternative um, like arrangements um, to societies so that it doesn't become a stressful situation of having to then replan your entire event and move it. Um, so yeah, a prioritization of um, student events um, and, and, and trying to push to the university and lobby the university to respect those events as a vital part of um, student life on campus. So you've made a few points already, but I was just wondering if you could elaborate on how you will ensure that smaller societies are equally supported by the SU. Yeah, so um, again, a big part of it is communication and making sure that they know where they can come to for um, resources and how to um, run events and things like that. Um, one of the big things that I did want to do was try to spotlight societies a little bit more um, so that, say, somebody with 20 active members who all know how to use social media um, that will run a little bit better in advertising and marketing their society to students than like a society with three people who know how to use kind of publicity tools and marketing tools and things like that. So um, one thing that I really did want to do is um, kind of overhaul the existing social media for um, the society's offices and, and kind of streamline it um, so that it's consistent across all platforms. Instagram and things are they're present, but they're not really used as efficiently as they could be. Um, and use those platforms to spotlight society. So be constantly um, kind of weekly doing, this is what this society is doing this week, introduction to this society, um, and kind of do that across the board, um, focusing on smaller societies that maybe can't market themselves as easily as the, the larger ones do. Obviously you're one of a number of candidates standing for society's officer. I was just wondering what sets you apart from the other candidates? Um, I mean, I think I have quite specific experience. So um, my, my background um, in societies, I've been most involved with student cinema um, and a lot of the issues that larger societies are facing, such as recruitment and um, marketing and things like that, are, are issues that have been really central to what we've been dealing with, with this year, especially since kind of COVID is, I mean, it's a, it's a cinema post-COVID. It's not kind of, it's not doing particularly well in the aftermath. Um, and a, a lot of the kind of, um, patterns of student behavior, not so much engaging with um, extracurricular kind of um, social activities outside of friend groups and things such as coming to the cinema or joining a new society um, are reflected in, in a lot of the patterns that we've been dealing with this, with this year. Um, and so I think that experience has put me in a good spot to try and recognize and address a lot of the issues that are facing the wider kind of society scene at Warwick. Thank you very much for your answers. It was lovely to hear from you. And if you want to see <laughs> the answers of other candidates then head over to the broad 1251 am youtube or the board thank you very much thank you for the next interview for the big decision we have oscar renton interviewing for or one of the potential candidates for society's officer for the su hello oscar hi so i think we should just get into it um Firstly, what are your key manifesto pledges for this role? Um, so my key manifesto pledges, like the stuff I could do from day one, basically, is firstly, I want to increase uh, circle allocations for societies because they've not been enough this year. Um, secondly, I want an indoor societies fair. So stuff like the Gale today. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't disrupt society's fair and recruitment for socks. 
Um, I want to get rid of some of the pointless paperwork that just makes it so much more hassle for societies to do what they want to. I want to bring back happy hour, bus stop hour in Terrace Bar. So it's actually affordable, again, for societies to go to um, the SE for socials. And I want to work with the welfare officer on uh, updating and improving the exec welfare training, as well as making welfare societies auto-exempt from um, stocks fed like charity and religion societies are. That's a great start. For those watching this back, we're currently recording in the middle of Storm Eunice, I think. And <laughs> you might be able to pick up on my speaker. It is ha hailing it down outside, very windy. So you you had me already with the uh, society, the societies inside uh, fair ideas. So a, gr a great start, honestly. And those who are watching this back and remember the storm, I hope your bins are okay now. Um, so in terms of your manifesto and everything you want out of this um, and thinking about all these societies that we've just mentioned you're involved in, um, what would you do to increase accessibility to societies for students from marginalised groups? I know you said you're in parts of societies and you may have seen this and you may have seen how societies do it well, how the SU do it well, but, but what would you do to improve that? Um, so I think with that, the most important thing is to listen to the liberation elected representatives and the liberation societies on how best they feel they can be included in access societies. And as I mentioned, I'd also want to work with uh, part-time officers and the welfare officer to update welfare training to improve to help exec better allow marginalized communities to access um society events and yeah yeah you you've been mentioning this this key um idea of yours and this key thing you want to implement of um working with the welfare officer the the dice is a really important thing um on that note, what would you do to improve the way that the SU actually handles welfare issues between like society and exec members? Um, so I think one of the best things I can do is I would plan to have office hours that um, society presidents and society execs can access and so I can help solve uh, welfare issues. I think also, particularly with presidents, if welfare training can help them deal with disputes within the exec, um, then they can more easily solve exec issues. Um, I think as well, I know that there has been reduced access to the advice centre in-house at the SU. Um, it's still accessible, but by appointment now, I think, I think the hours might be down. So I think if that could return to being walking, then you would have somebody who could give advice or act as a mediator with personal disputes between exec or can give advice on things like burnout or um, anxiety to do with people's exec roles. 
I think well-being has been a key issue and a very hot topic on campus over the last year. Another thing that's definitely been a key issue here at Warwick and and a topic well worth discussing um, is sexual assault and the way universities handle it. Um, so following an increase in spiking and reported incidences of sexual assault uh, on campus and in universities generally, how would you ensure that members of societies um, are kept safe at all of these society events? Um, I think one of the good best things that's gone through student council this year is there's been a motion to make temporary suspension easier, pushed by Chi and Will, the current socks and sports officer. And I would back that fully and go through with implementing it if elected to allow, if there's allegations, for events to feel safer, to have somebody accused of something temporarily removed from the events with ease by the exec of a society. Um, I would also like to, obviously, if I, I think um, condoms, you know, they've done condoms through society, society branded condoms. If we could put stuff like drink stoppers through societies next year, I think that'd be a great initiative to help. I think as well with improving the welfare training, um, we could improve on exec active bystander training, as well as improving on active bystander training in SE staff training. I think as well, it would help if it was definitely um, exempt from society's federation, welfare societies like it happens here. Um, so students as a whole have better access to support when they need it. Now we were talking about um, society events and potential how would you support people in well-being, etc. So on that issue of society events, or, or not even an issue, like an exciting thing, you like you, there's so many society events and SU events that go on throughout the year at Warwick. Um, how would you ensure that more spaces on campus um, could be given to run these society events, especially socials, as you previously mentioned? Mm, so. Um, with that, I think uh, I have previously mentioned about increasing circling spaces. There's a few ideas like I don't think the terrace is completely utilised right now with uh, society bookings. Um, I think we could look at utilising some of the green room. I know there's been difficulties with talking to Fusion, but that's always something you'd want to keep open. Aside from circling, I think um, in my manifesto, I want to have a central system like we have for room bookings on campus for table bookings in the outlets, because right now um, a lot of society execs don't know who to email, to book Curiosity or to book the Duck or whatever. And that would help societies be able to easily host events in campus outlets um, like Curiosity or the Duck or Terrace. Speaking of this, those societies who, who are less aware how to book events, how would you ensure that the particularly smaller societies are equally supported by the SU? Um, so in terms of being less aware, I know that 
some of the social media currently isn't utilized. Like there's a Societies at Warwick account and I just want to put some squares on there with just easy info that people can just click and access. Um, on helping smaller societies, I think once we have an indoor societies fair, I know with being president of Harry Potter Quidditch, for societies like that, which are smaller and more niche based on interests, it is huge being able to recruit at societies fair because people will find societies they never knew they wanted, but then love it and will be involved. Um, I also want to cut the quota if a society has a working exec. Currently, you need to hit this arbitrary number of 30 members, but if a society is tight knit and you have a strong exec, I don't think that's necessary for societies. Um, also, in my manifesto, I have policies for every type, every category of society. So if voters want to look at that, um, hopefully I will have a uh, policy for every member of every society. Thank you, Oscar, for answering all these questions. Before we round this quick, uh, quickly off, um, what makes you stand out um, from the society officer candidates? If you could give us one thing that makes you stand out. Oh, it's a bit blown your own trumpet, but <laughs> like experience. I think I've been on student council. I've been involved in SU committees this year. So alongside being in many societies and being on a few execs, I'll know from day one who to talk to to get things done, which member of staff to go through the commercial team, democracy, whoever, to be able to get the changes in my manifesto through and the changes that come up through the year, I'll be able to respond to quicker. Great, thank you so much. Hello and welcome to um, some of Raw's coverage of the student elections. Today, I I'm privileged in having um, Sebastian Butterfield West um, join me to take some questions about his candidacy for uh, society's officer in the upcoming SU elections. S Seb, how are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm doing good as well. A little nervous because of like, you know, all the interview stuff. It's all quite new to me and being in front of a camera and things. Um, but, you know, um, we, we had a little talk before this just about how things are going and it sounds as though the prep was going pretty well. So I think we'll just get straight into the questions. So I think one of the main things is obviously what is sort of your main sort of manifesto pledges uh, going into this student election? So I have five in total or five main ones that I've included in my manifesto, but there's like loads of other little points as well, but we can only keep it concise for the manifesto. But the main idea is that I want to take a very individual approach to how I help societies. I've been in about six or seven societies in my time at Warwick and they all faced different issues. And so I feel like the best way of helping them is by individually meeting them and sorting it out in those personal way rather than trying to find like a global way of, of fixing everything because it just, it just won't work. People need different things. So that's the main one. 
Then also circling space. There's been a lot of issues with societies accessing circling space. And then when they have it, it's been canceled. So I just want to make sure that it's easier, that more spaces are open so more societies can access it if they want to. Um, then the next one is federation fee. This is for academic societies because they're free to join, but you still have to pay the federation fee. Mm -hmm. And I know previous years, in one year, if you were just joining an academic SOC, you could waive the federation fee. So I want to bring that back because I don't get why you'd need to pay the £19 mm -hmm. pounds to then pay <laughs> nothing to the actual society. Um, and then work on making sure that the federation fee is priced appropriately. Um, and if it can be lowered anywhere, making sure that um, I'm working on doing that. Um, then also open communication. I know that as exec, it can sometimes feel that the SU weren't always completely honest or upfront in communication. So I'd want to make sure that I'm keeping those communication barriers open. And I'm always mm. um, speaking to people and letting people know uh, what's happening. And if I can't do something, talking them through that process and why I can't do it. And then um, society's fair as well. That's my final point. Um, I want to bring it back to a one day event rather than over five okay. days because it just felt that depending on which day you had, you might be more lucky in getting people to attend. And I just felt mm. that was a bit unfair for some smaller societies. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that sounds um, really good actually, yeah. Um, so sort of going, going on to the next question, um, you mentioned sort of how in the past you could join the academic societies, for example, um, make, maybe for free, sort of waiving that fee. Um, I guess that sort of links into this next question, which is sort of what would you do to increase the accessibility um, of societies for students from maybe disadvantaged backgrounds? Um, I think publicity of um, liberation socks would be the easiest way to do that. Usually liberation mm -hmm. societies like anti-sexism society or pride sock are the places where they'd feel the most comfortable. So just helping them promote their spaces um, would probably be my initial way into that. Mm -hmm. And then just ensuring that there's accountability with an exec, that they're they're acting in a non-discriminatory and um, very welcoming way. And that yeah. would be the second way that I'd go around it. Yeah. Um, and so I guess there's, there's been a lot of talk um, between, you know, various students, etc., about like some of the welfare um, issues, sort of as you've already highlighted. And, you know, I think it's really encouraging to see that that seems to be, you know, a central part of your campaign. But, um, you know, what what would you do to improve the way that the SU handles um, welfare issues, particularly between sort of exec members in the society? Yeah, I've had some issues actually in my time as exec where there's been um, disagreements that have led to just stress in, in the way that events are organised. Um, and I did feel that when I went to the SU to talk about it, it just wasn't, they didn't have a plan in place mm. on how to to help me through the situation that I was in so I think the first thing I would do is create that, that concrete plan of a protocol that happens when execs come with issues within um, the exec itself um, so yeah that, that is what I do I'd make sure there's a exact way of dealing with it rather than yeah. just kind of being like hands up or oh, I don't know what I can do <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah and I think that taking that sort of more proactive role and making sure that there are the proper sort of systems in place 
will certainly be like quite reassuring. And I think um, this this next question sort of links into exactly that because there's been a lot of talk over the last sort of couple of months um, and last couple of weeks around sort of increased um, reports of spiking, um, things like sexual assault. And, you know, I, th I think that to a lot of students, maybe the SU hasn't been quite as out there as they would have liked. And so, you know, what 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 would you do and on sort of that front? How, how would you try and make sure that people uh, are more safe than they currently are within the SU? I think one of the biggest issues that kind of Warwick and the SU faces is that people feel that they don't take severe enough action when they're faced with, with like people reports of spiking or um, sexual violence. And so I think there has been a culture that's sort of been harbored that, that it's the university accepts it, that it's not as they don't treat it as badly. So I think making that harsher stance initially and the zero tolerance policy um, mm. would be the first way that I would um, sort of approach trying to reduce it. Um, then potentially hiring more people, um, for example, in the copper rooms to like oversee um, yeah. student interactions. Um, so just increasing that, that safety surveillance and making sure that nobody is, is doing anything. Um, yeah. They shouldn't be. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and so earlier you also mentioned about how you wanted to um, make, make more spaces for societies, particularly, you know, when it came to assumably things like the copper rooms and, you know, um, a, a, lot, a lot of the places where societies do like circling, etc. Um, so, you know, I guess, do you know yet how you'd sort of intend upon going around sort of securing this or do you have any ideas that you can tell us about? <laughs> Um, well, Bar Fusion used to be an area where societies could circle. It was um, one of the rooms behind Bar Fusion was this massive, massive room where societies would usually go mm. in my first and second year. And then that just stopped. And it was weird because that one was one of the main places that societies would go. Um, okay. So suddenly the amount of space has just got limited. So working to bring that back, because I don't see why that space can't be used for circling. Um, especially yeah. as we're going to the end of, of the COVID wave. So bringing that back up would be the first way that I would try and open more spaces. Mm, mm. Yeah, and I think, you know, on, the, on this last question, um, you know, what, what is, we, we haven't seen, um, you know, you, you said that the official campaigning starts on Monday. Um, so, you know, I haven't seen anything from any of the other people running for um, the society's, uh, you know, role in, in the SU. But what 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 do you think about you? Um, you know, makes you stand out from other potential candidates. I just have a lot of experience, <laughs> so mm. I've been, like I said, I've been in about six seven execs society like the execs of societies over my yeah. four years at university across all the different roles so social sec vice president publicity officer and they've all been very different societies so like cocktail society which is like a massive society where we get loads of mm -hmm. people and then i've been in voxoc which is a really small one and it's a singing society so there's issues yeah. related to that so i just have a better understanding and experience of, of issues that societies face and mm -hmm 
ways that I've gone about and trying to solve them and the issues I've faced when trying to solve them. So the experience is there for me to, to hopefully do a really good job with it. Yeah, yeah. And I want to wish you the best of luck with um, all of the campaigning and with securing the position. The Big Decision, decision 2022. 2022. Live on Raw, Raw. Top 51 AM. And those were three of your society's officers candidates sitting down with members of the team here from Raw on the Ball discussing their manifestos. As ever, to vote in this election, warwicksu.com slash student dash voice slash elections where you can vote for your favourite candidates and, of course, look at all the manifestos of every candidate standing. Well, Ellie... Eden, we have come now to the end of today's candidate interviews. And we've come to the end of all of the full-time officer candidate interviews as well. I mean, firstly, can I say it's been an absolute pleasure working on this with you. And of course, working with you on all of the programs as well. I've had a great time putting these all together. Um, we're into, we are, I said we were into crunch time quite a lot, but we are into crunch time now. We're in the last 24 hours of campaigning. It's results tomorrow night. Eden, let's start off with yourself. What are you looking forward to in the results tomorrow? I am very looking forward to, obviously, finding out which candidates have been successful, finding out which candidates have been most popular, and perhaps correlating that with their policies and their manifesto. I think it will be very interesting to analyse, perhaps post-election, uh, what really went on this week. I am also looking forward to, obviously moving past elections, getting really drunk at the pub. Very excited. I mean, we obviously cannot endorse consumption of such ludicrous quantities no. of alcohol on this station. But I think it's fair to say a couple of drinks will definitely be consumed afterwards. T-Bar T will have a special place in my heart and in my stomach after the show on Friday night. Um, Ellie, anything you're particularly looking out for on Friday? Yeah, I definitely second that. I'm looking forward to a pint of purple at Tea Bar on the terrace. Um, I'm also looking forward to seeing um, what factors were most influential in um, students casting their votes. I think that'll be really interesting to look at um, in the aftermath of the elections. Indeed. And I, I, I think that, and also the fact just how far candidates win as well, because I think it's always interesting with, of course, the STV system that we explained earlier on, it's always interesting to see just how popular the winning candidates were. You don't just find out the winner, but you find out, A, how early they won, whether they took it in the first round and were an early favourite, or, you know, whether it was a very close race throughout and they took it just at the end. And it's always interesting to see. It really does reflect a lot about the diverse opinions of Warwick students and the fact that for some candidates, you know, absolutely fall behind them. For other candidates it's a lot more of a close race. And I think that's always interesting to see, particularly when you're going through the results on the night, to see, I always remember three years ago, Ben Newsham and Larissa Kennedy in the first round of votes of the presidential election tied. So if that's anything to go by for tomorrow night, we could be in for a fun evening. Well, Ellie Eden, once again, it's been fantastic having you and having the board taking part in this project this week. It's been fantastic from my side as well to have you tuning in as well to everything we've been doing at Raw. A big thank you for every all of your support over the last week. We will be back with the result show live on Raw's online platforms and as well on the big screen tomorrow night, 8 p.m. 
It's going to be a fantastic evening, and I can't wait to see you there as we announce your new sabbatical officer team for the next academic year. Thanks for tuning in. Across campus, online, and on 12.51am, this, this, this is your student radio station.